Good morning. We're so glad you joined us on this Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection together. Whether you're on Facebook or our church website, we're glad you joined us. We know we're not in a church building, but we're all part of the body of Christ. So whether you're at home or wherever you are, if you're worshiping with us this morning, we say welcome. We're glad you're here. Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 8. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures 
that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. Hey, church family. Love you guys and miss you guys. It's been a whirlwind of a year already. Uh, but, you know, nothing but the best to come. Because, you know, God's Word says your ladder will be greater than your past. Your ladder will be greater than your past. <laughs> I love that. Because that means... I'm in my latter years. Yes. Praise God we serve a resurrected King. Happy Easter. Thank you, Lord, for your resurrection. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you flow through Rusty, Lord God, that you speak through Rusty, Lord God, and that there, there's a soul out there that you're saving, Lord God, that you're going to save them. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You hear my piano? It sounds rusty, doesn't it? You hear it? Rusty, huh? Hey, Rusty. Let's do that. Okay. I'll see. <laughs> Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates, open ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory.
Good news brings joy to the heart. It's a boy. Good news refreshes your soul. Good news makes the sun seem to shine just a little bit brighter. We got what we wanted at the store today. Good news brings hope. This stay at home won't last forever. But this morning, we're going to talk about the best news. The news that God has for us. He is risen. We're going to look at the historical truth of Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection, and how that is good news for the whole world. I just want to read two verses to you this morning. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's verses 3 through 5. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. So this morning, we want to talk about just four simple things that make the story of Easter good news for you. The first thing is that Christ died for our sins. You see, the events of the Passion Week, the, the Last Supper, prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane, His betrayal, being mocked and beaten, being brought before the Jewish council, before Herod, before Pilate. Then before Herod again, the cries of the crowd, crucify him, crucify him. And walking that road to Calvary, along the way, a man named Simon carries his cross. And we pick up the story in Luke's gospel, chapter 23, verse 32, where it says, Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. 
Here are the facts. It's plain, simple truth. Jesus died a a literal, physical death. Jesus really died on the cross. It's not a made-up story. It's not imagination. He died as a substitute. Jesus died in our place. He died in my place. And He died for our sins. And Jesus died as a sacrifice for sin. His body was broken for your sin. His blood made peace between God and man. And Jesus died in our place for our sins because He loves us. In John chapter 3, verse 16, very familiar scriptures to many. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it tells us that God showed His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I was a teenager, we would sing a song. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song. Amazing grace all day long. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. And the truth is, this morning, Jesus died on the cross for you, and He paid the debt that you could never pay. He died to show us His great love, to pay the penalty for our sin, and to restore a relationship that was broken. To bring reconciliation between God and man. And after He died, After he was crucified on the cross, he was he was buried. You see, there's no doubt that Jesus died on the cross. The Roman soldiers were there as witnesses. They were professional executioners and surely they knew what death looked like. The disciples and the women saw the body and knew that he was dead. Some people have claimed throughout history that Jesus perhaps just fainted or passed out, but there was no one at the scene that day that was mistaken. Jesus was dead. Luke again records in his gospel the details of the burial of Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea, a good and righteous man, asked Pilate for Jesus' body. He wrapped his body in linen, put him in a tomb where no one had ever laid. And Luke records that the women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. They went there to prepare Jesus' body for burial. They wrapped him in cloth. They laid him in a tomb cut out from the rock. It was newly built. It had never been used. But the Sabbath was beginning. Sundown was near and there wasn't time to do everything they wanted to do. And so they left the tomb. They rested on the Sabbath and they returned the next morning. That tomb was sealed and it was guarded. A great stone was rolled in front of the entrance because there was fear that the disciples would come during the night and try to steal his body. Matthew records in Matthew 27 that Pilate told them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Why go to all of this trouble? You see, Jesus had said many times that he would be crucified and buried and on the third day he would rise again. And so to prevent anyone from stealing the body or to try to prevent any fraud, the Romans secured, sealed, and guarded the tomb. There would be no way that anyone would be able to get in or out without the soldiers knowing it. There would be no way that someone could come in secretly at night and steal the body. However, the disciples didn't steal the body of Jesus and claim he was risen. He really did rise from the dead. 
You see, the truth is he died just like the scriptures foretold. Isaiah 53 says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Prophecy from Isaiah speaking about the Messiah who would be crucified. You can also read about it in Psalm 22. And I encourage you to do that if you have time this afternoon. Just again, predicting very specific things that would happen to the Messiah. To Jesus. Now, just as the scriptures predicted that he would be killed, the scriptures also predict that Jesus would rise again. Psalm 16, verse 10. For you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. And you see, soon the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life would rise again. Because Paul records that he was raised on the third day. Again, Luke records the story in Luke chapter 24. Early on Sunday morning, the stone is rolled away when they arrive and the body of Jesus is nowhere to be found. Now, what do they find? Two men dressed in sparkling apparel. These angels that speak. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Don't you remember what Jesus said? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered and they believed and went away to tell the others, He is risen. The foundation of the Christian faith, He is risen. Jesus is alive. There is today a resurrected Savior. The tomb is empty and the Lord Jesus lives. He is risen. Why is it so important that Jesus is risen, that there's a resurrection? Well, let me tell you, because without a resurrection, there would be no Christianity. There would be no salvation. There would be no hope. Preaching like we're doing right now would be pointless. Faith would be in vain. God would be misrepresented and we would still be in our sins and most pitied of all men. But Paul records in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. And if Jesus is raised, those who have faith in him will be raised as well. You see, in Christ, sinful men and women can be saved from sin and raised from death to life. And men and women can gladly say together, we believe Jesus died and rose again. It ought to put a flutter and excitement in your heart to be able to say, we believe Jesus died and rose again. It's simple enough for a child to remember, but it's profound enough to excite the oldest of adults. Because the fact is, Jesus was raised from the dead and he lives today. And there's living proof that Jesus is alive. Because after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared in a real body on the earth to many different people. He appeared to many people. There were many who saw Jesus alive after the resurrection. They were eyewitnesses of this truth. That Jesus had truly died and rose again. They were people who had seen something and were able to describe it. They were people that had a real experience with the risen Christ and they reported what they saw. John tells us that Mary Magdalene clung to Jesus. Matthew tells us that the other women there fell at his feet and worshipped Luke tells us that those two men on the road to Emmaus broke bread with Jesus and said, did not our hearts burn within us? Thomas was able to touch the wounds in his hands and on his side. Jesus cooked and ate fish with his disciples on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And we have record that he appeared to more than 500 people at once. And he met a man named Saul. On the, of Tarsus on the Damascus road. There were many witnesses. And there are many witnesses today that could attest to the fact that Jesus is alive. 
Acts 1 verse 3 tells us that Jesus presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So many times over 40 days, Jesus walked among men in his resurrection body. Now, it would be easy for a few people to be fooled or convinced of a hoax. Or even a larger group of people might profess that they've seen a a UFO or maybe even spotted Bigfoot. But the disciples and others believed they had seen the risen Jesus because they really had seen the risen Jesus. You see, this morning and throughout history, the resurrection of Jesus is true. It was testified to by many people. It's verified by faith and devotion of his disciples. And it's supported by the growth of the church, the growth of faith and the spread of the gospel. And it's experienced by the changed lives of men and women like me and some of you. And this morning, God has good news for you. Jesus is risen. He is alive and he knows the way. So let me ask you a question On this resurrection morning. Do you believe Jesus is the Savior? Have you heard the story? That men and women who are spiritually dead apart from Christ. Trapped with no way out. No way to go. That God has moved and intervened in their life. Because he sent Jesus to pay the price for their sin. See Jesus died on the cross to take your punishment, and to take my punishment for our sin. And then he rose from the dead and lives today to give us victory over death. And those who have faith in Christ have eternal life in him. And one day Jesus is coming back again to make all things new. Do you have a personal relationship with the resurrected Christ today? If you say yes, Praise the Lord. I encourage you to live in the power of the resurrection each day. But if you say, no, I don't, or I'm not really sure, you can be sure today. The hope and the peace you've been searching for can be found today in Jesus. He simply asks us to repent, to turn away from sin, to turn away from our attempts to do it by ourselves to turn away from all the things of the world and to turn toward Him, to believe, to trust in Jesus by faith and believe that He will welcome you and accept you. And then we acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. It involves believing in our heart, saying it with our mouths. On this resurrection Sunday in 2020, here is the historical truth. Christ died. Jesus is risen. And he will come again. That's good news. That's the best news. It's life-giving, life-changing news. Will you receive the news today? Will you pray with me? Father, we are grateful for your word. And I thank you that throughout the ages that the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ goes out in all directions and it's powerful and it's life changing. And it all depends on the very truth that Jesus died, that Jesus rose and that Jesus is coming again. Lord, help us today to apply these to our hearts for those that are believers in the Lord Jesus. I pray that this word would encourage and strengthen them in their faith. For those that do not know you yet, I pray that this would challenge them. And I pray, Lord, that you would move in their heart and they would learn the wonder of a personal relationship with the resurrected Christ. Lord, we are grateful for you letting us gather here this morning in many places across our community. But mostly, we are grateful for your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray this morning in his name. Amen. God sent his son. They called him Jesus.
He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives because He Jesus.